Well, here's the thing. <sighs> These, oh. Oh. <laughs> You're getting fired up. I'm so mad. I'll punch my microphone <laughs> if it even looks at me crooked. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. How's it going? It's going, you know. Um, we were feeling a little fired up. And it wasn't the hot flashes. <laughs> this time. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was like half hot flashes. I but mean, yeah, that yeah. was also going on. Um, if you listen to or watch or both <laughs> our Instagram <laughs> stories, I don't know what I'm talking about. Our Instagram stories, we got fired up this last week. And by we, I mean I did without Steph's permission. And I was actually a little worried that when you watch the story, Steph, you're going to be like, dude, can she just like check with me before she Excuse me. No, I was on board. I was way on board. I had my sailor hat on. I had my midi on. I was anchors away on that ship. It was, if you follow us on Instagram, it it was um, me talking about. Just these BS curing cancer books and, you know, I I came across a a comment on Facebook that was real that I screenshotted, screenshot, screenshotted Mm -hmm. um, of some woman recommending this book that I had never heard of. But just by clicking on it and actually looking it up and reading a bit about it, I just wanted to throw my phone out the damn window. Um, But this particular book is called outsmart your cancer alternative non-toxic treatments that work so tanya harder pierce i did not buy your book but it made stuff and i think that maybe we should talk about some of these um money making holistic cancer cures they're scams is what they are they're scams it's a whole industry i'm not afraid to say it me either. But yeah, we we've kind of been hate researching this a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I am a person who loves complementary medicine. I freaking love it. I love my herb garden. I love acupuncture. I you know, mm-hmm. I have a naturopath. All of that is wonderful, but I am for complementary medicine. And that's the key word. There's complementary medicine and then there's alternative medicine. And alternative medicine. Based. Yeah, exactly. And alternative is when you are saying, I'm going to start drinking this like crazy expensive water instead of having chemotherapy. And that is what I do not like. It makes me so mad because it is so predatory. And I don't I don't even care if these people want to write books about health and wellness and write juicing detox 
recipes behind a paywall. Like I could give a shit if there wasn't this aspirational, this will cure your cancer. Like it cured mine um, story. Like, like Chris beats cancer for, for example, is one that is awful. And I've been watching some of his videos. Just, I don't understand how anybody buys this and they do they're desperate they're desperate that's how they buy it i know that is true they're desperate and they're scared and they're looking for the answer you know they're easy targets they're the easiest targets which makes him even more evil it's true and when your only credentials are being somebody who didn't die of cancer yet like i'm not sure you have any business writing a book also that guy got cancer treatment he had surgery yes so that is something i really wanted to talk about he had surgery he had colon cancer the cancer was cut out of his body right so he claims he did get surgery he was stage three colon cancer he had some in his nodes as well Mm-hmm. And he did get surgery, but refused chemo. And to his doctors said, he, you must be crazy to turn down chemo, is what he said. But in reality, some people do turn down chemo. What saved him is he got fucking surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And he preaches that surgery isn't necessary, that there's holistic ways to cure cancer and surgery isn't necessary. The whole reason he's alive is because he had that surgery that removed the cancer and the nodes. And the reason his chemo was recommended is not to shrink the tumor, you know, yeah, to kill the cancer. It's in case there are any stray cells right. in his body. That's called adjuvant chemotherapy. Yeah. So that's not like when you have something that like a blood cancer. You can't just like surgically remove blood cancer. Exactly. Right? So yeah. You, if it's a blood cancer that's treated with chemotherapy and the aim is to cure, that is what that chemotherapy is doing. His was not, the aim was not to cure. The aim was, you're already cured, we think. But just in case, yes, this percentage, whatever that percentage was, whether it was 30% or 50% or 60% likely that he might have some stray cells that maybe years down the road might get big enough to be picked up on a scan. Yeah. Meaning his cancer's back. This adjuvant chemotherapy will fucking kill those. I read a really good article on this website called Science Based Medicine, and it's all about Chris Wark. And um, mm-hmm. they call this the adjuvant gambit. And um, it's a theory that your chemo was meant to cure when it was really the surgery that cured you. Okay, okay. And I'll put it in the show notes because it was a really great summary of what the difference is. And he says just that, that when you have something like blood cancer that cannot be cut out of your body, right? then you rely on chemotherapy to cure you. But solid tumor cancers where you have like a growth you have a tumor you have a lump Mm -hmm. that shit gets cut out and that's what cures you right and then which is what cured him yeah and then the chemo is an insurance policy that he didn't need because right or maybe he did need it and he's still gonna get a recurrence you know we don't know (sighs) or 
even if his healthy lifestyle and holistic shit somehow did help any stray cancer cells get beaten down by his own body. I mean, who knows? Who fucking knows? That would not have worked if he didn't get the surgery, you know? Yeah. You know what the second best cure for a solid tumor cancer is besides surgery? Um, what? It's being a rich white man. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he does charge, what, $150 an hour, $200 an hour? Uh, well, th- this article in Science-Based Medicine quoted $175 an hour, but oh, wow. the article's from, like, 2013, so you know he's up to... Inflation. Yeah. Well, what a dick. <laughs> Amen. <sighs> Let's just say that. What a dick. And don't don't come at me, Chris. <laughs> I don't or, have time to deal with you right now. Come at us. I mean, come at us. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fist fight him. <laughs> this is me throwing down my gloves. It is just so irresponsible. Because, like, even if he believes it, why does he have to take other people with him? Like, why can't he just, like, you know, sleep at night thinking, boy, I sure outsmarted those idiot doctors that right. said, yeah. statistically, I needed chemotherapy after the surgery, you know? Well, and so often, like, as in his case, all of this is mixed in with Christianity. And oh, yeah, he's big time Christian. And like he pr- he prayed a lot about it. He prayed a lot about it. And then he decided that chemo wasn't for him. He prayed a lot about like, it. Like, great. Fine. If religion is your bag, then enjoy it. But I don't think you get to have it both ways. You don't get to be like, I outsmarted cancer. Also, thanks, God. <laughs> like, it's, Right. It's either. Yeah. Like, was it God or was it your vegan raw yeah. lifestyle? Like, yes, juicing. Yes, health is beneficial, but he can't go then make this huge career and charge people $200 an hour to talk to him about health and turning your life around. And he also says that surgery isn't necessary. Right. And that chemotherapy isn't necessary. That's pretty fucking rich to say surgery isn't necessary after you've already enjoyed the benefits of surgery. Right. And here's another thing that I think about with trying to cure an existing cancer with health is like, yes, I do believe that you can lower your cancer risk by eating really healthy and getting a lot of exercise. That is actually proven, you know, like the things that are actually proven to lower your risk is exercise. And that's like by a lot, actually. Yeah. And not drinking alcohol, even though that's the lamest one of all of them (laughs) but if you look into the science of it yeah that is proven to reduce your risk yeah you can then argue like okay well is one drink a day going to be so the benefits to my heart is that better than the risk of it being slightly risky for cancer like so yeah yeah Whole food, plant-based diet. You yes. Know, that's cruciferous yeah. vegetables. How do you say that? Cruciferous? Cru- cruciferous? Cruciferous. <laughs> Rastafarian. I, I was going to make a joke about that. You're Aww. just like me. I was going to say, what kind of um, reggae person cures cancer? <laughs> Cru- a cruciferian. 
and he sells books and I buy them and great. Um, okay. So yeah, that's kind of the whole deal too with the, um, Kelly A. Turner, whose books are, um, radical remission. And, uh, she has these kernels of wisdom in them. There are these like nine keys to radical remission and they are the most obvious things like decrease your stress, have a solid support system, sleep, eat whole foods, you know, like obviously all of this stuff Mm -hmm. is based in science. But then her book is also peppered with these stories of like Joe Blow, who moved to Brazil with two weeks to live and started following some guru. And two years later, his brain cancer has disappeared. And it's just Mm. like, it's so disingenuous. Like, number one, there's no way for us to validate that information. Like, Right. And usually his name isn't Joe Blow. It's Joe. So you can't even Google his last name. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, it's just, it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. Sure, there are people who have, like, these spontaneous remissions. But number one, cancer does that sometimes. Sometimes your cancer will go into remission and then it comes back. Right. Time hasn't stopped. We don't know if these people are going to recur. Right. And it's just, it's so irresponsible to give people false hope and sell them this line that they're going to just juice their way out of death yeah death comes for us all kelly turner yeah and what i was gonna say though to finish that last thought about lowering your risk by like exercising and all of that stuff. oh yes sorry no it's totally fine i just didn't want to leave that hanging so people are like what's she talking about why'd you bring that up (laughs) um but with using health to actually cure a cancer that's already existing like the science is there saying like Everybody has cancer cells, right? Everybody. Everybody Mm -hmm. listening has cancer cells, even if you don't have cancer, even if you don't know it. Sorry. Um, But what happens, hopefully, is your healthy cells and your body kill those cancer cells and they they don't get to multiply and multiply and multiply. Doing things like getting a good night's sleep, eating Rastafarian vegetables, (laughs) like... (laughs) All of that stuff will help your body do a better job of that. It lowers your risk. That's what that means, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that if you have a giant tumor in your brain, that getting a good night's sleep is going to combat it in the same way because you're it's already fucking multiplied. It's yeah. become a huge ass tumor. So your body has failed you. Your little cells are not strong enough by having some fucking cucumber juice to go with their baseball bat and smack that fucking tumor. They're just not. So, like, to claim that that is the key and that surgery isn't necessary, are you fucking psycho? Yeah. And, like, that's not to say that if you decline treatment just because you're not up for it or whatever. Like, people decline treatment for all kinds of reasons, and that is totally fine. Yeah. But that's not the same thing either as believing that you are in treatment. Right. And I'm I'm fine that this Chris guy declined chemo. That's none of my business. That's fine. If he wanted to look at the numbers, even if it was 70% chance of recurrence, that's up to him. He has 30%. That's his ball to roll, whatever. Yeah. And people decline chemo for all sorts of reasons. And 
to some people, 10% risk is way too high to say no to chemo. For other people, they might say no at 30%. You know, like it's just, yeah. it depends on what your own threshold is. And that is your business. But when somebody is standing over you saying, no, seriously, you'll be fine. Really, really. Mm-hmm. And pulling that shit. Yeah. Like I have a better answer. That is just so irresponsible. Yeah. There are other sites to like cure your own cancer that sell things. And that also makes me irate because Mm. when you have somebody who's not only peddling like their own book, which is bad enough, but when they're also selling products like cure your own cancer has their own like specific vape shit and stuff because their whole deal is curing it with cannabis. Oh, I see. Right. So they sell all of their own shit. They teach you how to make your own cannabis oils and stuff through Mm -hmm. their program. And there is plenty of research out there, if you know where to look, about the benefits and the consequences of using THC and CBD for different types of cancers. Mm -hmm. I belong to a Facebook group called Fighting Breast Cancer with Cannabis. Mm -hmm. It is not for me because I have hormone receptor positive cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. But is that true? It's bad if you are or is it just certain strains? There's some like it's it's based on dosage, but I'm just too neurotic to trust that I would get the dosage right. And then if I ended up, you know, I don't know, I would beat myself up if I had taken the risk. Other people are fine with taking the risk. That's totally their call. But, um, you know, like the science is out there to support this. And instead of creating a business founded on the science, they just say, hey, you, you can cure your cancer, whatever it is. We don't really care with cannabis. Buy our shit. Yeah. Here's a purple vape pen with sparkles on it. Yeah. It's so irresponsible. And I don't know how these people sleep at night. I'm sure on piles of money, but. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to write a book? (laughs) (laughs) Can we press stop and re-record this whole episode? Because I have a whole new thing I want to talk about. (laughs) When I was first diagnosed and like came out of the cancer closet with my diagnosis to my community or whatever, uh, somebody I went to high school with, he said, hey, just so you know, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer like two months ago and she had a biopsy and then when they went in to do her lumpectomy there was no cancer left it had liquefied because (laughs) she had used rick simpson oil every single day and so it liquefied her lump Uh and i was like thank you for the info (laughs) and then i was like okay do I spend time trying to figure out what actually happened in my own head or do I just like not even waste my time thinking about this shit? But I'm like, okay, she had a biopsy. So was the biopsy like inconclusive? Let's go find more. Like, I can't really figure this out, but there's no way her lump liquefied. This guy probably had like one earbud in while his mom was telling him <laughs> she had to go in for a biopsy and he Right. It was like I have to go in for a second biopsy and she he's like that was her. He's like pick surgery. me up a quesarito, mom. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> oh. Well, I think like a lot of it just comes down to the democratization of information where everybody is suddenly 
possessing of a valid opinion, you know, like you don't have to be a doctor. You can just buy into this multi-level marketing scheme and suddenly you've got a whole packet of information and talking points that you regurgitate and like, yeah, plenty of people believe that's valid. Yeah. I think when you haven't had cancer too, and you hear these stories or, you know, even if you just come across something in the news, your initial reaction is, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, good for them. You know, like that person, Chris cured his cancer and did it holistically. That's really cool. Yeah. Instead of when you're somebody that actually has gone through cancer or is currently and you're like, fuck you, dude. Um, But I think that there's something to it where if you haven't had cancer to believe these things are real, to believe that Rick Simpson oil will cure your cancer, it makes you not worry as much about getting cancer because you know that, like, if it happened to you, that you would be cool, you know? Yeah, of course. And that reminds me of that comment we got. The comment we got. Yeah, saying that it's so much like COVID deniers because there were all those stories about people who were like, healthy immune system is my vaccine or whatever, you know? And then you see in the news that these people who had posted screeds on Facebook about how COVID is a hoax, then getting COVID and on their deathbed being like, I'm so sorry, it wasn't a hoax. Yeah. You know, it's just like, fuck, we're already here. Like, sorry Mm -hmm. if this Rick Simpson oil is your security blanket, but we're out here naked and afraid. (laughs) Like, yeah, we don't get that luxury. Yeah. This person goes on to continue that, like, there's this overarching theme of if you're healthy, you can't succumb to illness. Tell that to my best friend who was a crazy healthy vegan who also got an inoperable brain tumor. Yeah. But yeah, like chemo sucks. Like you shouldn't want to do chemo. Like your oncologist doesn't want you to do chemo. Like they want to find a way that you'll be healthy and live without it. Like they really are finding, I think, at least in breast cancer, that a lot of the treatments were too heavy years ago. And so they're like doing lighter chemos, doing not as much of it, not doing it as frequently. Like they've, it's like mixing with the ingredients a little bit of who needs it. And like they're fine tuning that enough using different like genetic testing and all sorts of stuff. And that's awesome. But like still like chemo is not great for your body and it sucks and there's lasting things. But like, unfortunately it works and by unfortunately i mean fucking fortunately it's wonderful that we even have it and hopefully in 10 15 20 years there'll be something better that isn't bad on your good cells too but it's necessary and it's amazing that we have it it's amazing that they've figured it out like what the fuck is chemo dude have you ever thought about that yeah, it's wild. What the f- like, light a joint and talk to us about this for a minute, you guys. Like, what the fuck is chemo? It's like, who true. figured this out? They, like, who figured and this out? the fact that I am on what is essentially chemo, but somehow it finds the bad cells. Right, and only the bad cells for you, right? Like, it gives me raging diarrhea, but come on, still, come that's on. pretty good. Yeah. I don't know, like... People have this fundamental mistrust of doctors and like, I get it. Okay. I totally get it. I had three children 
out of a hospital because I don't trust the medicalization of hospital birth. Mm -hmm. But it's not like our oncologists are on a commission plan, you know, like they don't get extra money the more services they give us. Totally. And like there is absolutely a conversation to be had around for-profit hospitals versus not-for-profit hospitals and Mm -hmm. all of that. Like I'm here for it. Let's have that talk. But right. To act like they're all shysters, it's just unfair. Yeah. I was thinking about that today, actually, about somebody I went to high school with posted on Facebook. Like, it was like one of those things where, like, you see someone's comment, but they don't know you see. I don't know. Like, it wasn't on. They were, like, posting on a public page. Yeah, Maybe something like that. And I honestly, like, cannot even remember who this person is. So I don't even know if I should be saying this. Okay, I don't think they would listen. I don't think it was the type of person that would listen to this because I'm about to talk shit about you if it was you. Um, But because they said this, Mm -hmm. it was like, well, I think that a lot of cancer diagnoses aren't even really cancer. I think that there's like this huge racket where doctors actually make it up so that they can give you chemo and charge you for it. Mm -hmm. Because they're just like making the chemo in their garage or something (laughs) like yeah, so it's like the chemo is what's actually making you sick and doing all these things to your numbers, and then they make money off of you, and then they say, okay, you're cured. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of cancer patients aren't really having cancer. But I was thinking earlier today, I was like, now I wonder in this person's theory, <laughs> these people that have dedicated their, these very, very smart people, because, you know, like medical school is not easy, and medical school is not fake. They're not just like, putting people in a room and saying, do you guys want to cheat and lie to people? (laughs) Medical school is real. Let's just agree that they really went Uh on. So these people that dedicated like their entire life to like saving people's lives and to work in cancer. When did they tell them that cancer was fake? Like, was it like when they hired them at the hospital? Like, or was it like in medical school? And like these people who already decided to dedicate their lives like did they just go along with it because this seems out of character yeah and they like what they let every 12th patient die just to keep up the charade or what you know right it's it's ridiculous yeah it's offensive it's like disgusting to say something like that and also you know what my oncologist is pretty fucking rad she could find another line of work it's not it's not like the whole house of cards falls and then there's a bunch of out of work oncologists you know they're just keeping up the ruse so they can bring home a paycheck like they could do something else if they had secretly already cured cancer right And just to even say that out loud, let alone on a public forum where you have no idea what is going on in anybody's life and who they've already lost to cancer, that's going to read that and want to punch you in the fucking face. Yeah. Whoever you are, who I literally do not remember who posted that. So seriously, like, fuck you for sure. But like, also, don't look at me weird when I see you next because like, (laughs) I seriously don't remember. And maybe that's chemo brain. Like, who was it? It's the same with the pandemic people. It's just like you have no understanding of science or how the world works or whatever. And like yeah. that's like the fairy tale that you've created so that you can keep on living your life. Yeah. I I can't imagine just being like, mm-hmm, yep, doctors are all frauds. And then just like, yeah. I'm going to tell everyone like, OK, you, you know, <sighs> Brenda Smith or whatever. You've cracked the code. It Congratulations. Was Smith. <laughs> it was fucking Brenda. God damn it, Brenda. She's actually pretty cool. 
Um, oh, I hate to just keep bringing up Chris Beats Cancer, but I just remembered something else that's so stupid that he said. I watched this interview with him done by this other woman who I can't tell if I like or not, but I actually think I like, but maybe our listeners can tell me if she's a fraud or not because she has all the markings of it, uh-huh. but I also think she might not be actually bad. But she's this Chris Carr lady that she wrote all the like crazy sexy cancer. Oh yeah, yep. Uh huh. She did like a documentary. I actually watched her documentary when it came out. When I don't know, I was definitely not a cancer person, and I mean, I must have been like twenty four, and I watched it and I thought it was wonderful, and I thought she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it's this woman has like the rarest, most unstudied cancer that for some people is aggressive, but for others, you can live for decades and decades with stage four and it Mm -hmm. grows so slowly, which is what has happened with her. I think she's like something like 18 years out right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's amazing. But she got diagnosed and there isn't really treatment for it. Like they don't really know what to do because it's so rare. And, And so she went on this crazy ass health kick and like went crazy on the juicing and meditation and yoga and like became like some raw foodist vegan or something. And then her numbers look great and her cancers like stayed stage four. Yeah. And clearly she's doing great. But the reason I'm like saying I don't think she's that awful is because as far as I can tell, she's pretty upfront about everything I just said, just being like, yeah, I believe that all of this stuff has saved my life, but also like, here's what my cancer is like, and here's why I made this decision. And she's not saying don't do chemo. Yeah. She's not selling like Chris Carr's patented curative juice. Well, she might be. Is she? Definitely recipes. I mean, yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) that's why I'm saying I don't know if she's shitty or not. But I think, but now she's kind of transformed away from cancer and more just towards like general wellness. My point is, I don't give a shit if you're a wellness person. I think that's great. Yeah. I give a shit if you're trying to tell people with cancer not to fucking get treatment because your wellness can do better than a hospital. That's my problem. So I do not know which category she is. Yeah. But she was interviewing, Chris Carr was interviewing (laughs) Chris Beats Cancer. That's also why I'm like, she must be shitty. Cause she's like, oh, I'm so glad to have you. And he's like, oh my God, you're the best. And they were just like yeah. fawning all over each other. And I'm like, all right, if you guys like each other, then you both must be shitty. You're both canceled. <laughs> but he was telling her his story and he's like, so I'm in the hospital. I just gotten surgery because, you know, he had colon cancer mm-hmm. and they cut it out. That's what cured him. So he's like, and then... They brought me food a few hours later, and they brought me a sloppy Joe. And that was just, like, the first turning point for me where I'm like, <laughs> if these people are bringing me a sloppy Joe to eat, how can they know about my health? How can they know about telling me to do chemo? Oh, it's like, nobody told him that the cafeteria ladies aren't doctors. <laughs> And that they're not specifically cooking for people that just got their intestines taken out. They're cooking for people who broke their legs and, like, just had a baby and... People who love Sloppy Joes. Also, there's a menu, dude. Yeah. I could say so much about the diet thing because I, as you know, I'm a lifelong vegetarian. I am all in on, like, plant-based diet. I love vegetarianism. 
I have a garden. I grow my own food. Mm-hmm. I have chickens. We eat their eggs. That's all great. I thought that my diet was actually really good. Mm -hmm. And so when my nutritionist was like, yeah, so like I'm looking at uh, how you filled out your survey about your diet and like I'm seeing some things that might be a problem. And I was just like record scratch, you know, like, Mm -hmm. excuse me. And he was like, yeah, you know, like a lot of leafy greens, like raw vegetables and stuff like that really exacerbate your diarrhea. So like I'm going to ask you to just like (laughs) cook those babies to death. <laughs> and I was like, what? I thought that was like taking out all the nutrients, you know? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you just have to like boil all of your vegetables as long as you have this horrible diarrhea. And that is what I always think of when I see people talking about like juicing and it's like there's no one size fits all diet. Right. I could be eating raw kale for every meal and all of the food would just go right through me. None of it would get digested and I would be even sicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when my nutritionist was like, if you can just have like toast and applesauce, mm-hmm. I was just like, what? That's not a good breakfast. But it was a good breakfast for me right. because that meant I could absorb the medication yeah. that was keeping me alive. Exactly. <sighs> What other things cure cancer, supposedly? Oh, well, we know meatball meat doesn't cure cancer. Oh, my God. Tell tell us. Tell us. <laughs> if anybody heard that, the cold open of the last episode, there was just this... I mean, it happens all the time. It wasn't one lady, but in the Facebook groups, in the breast cancer Facebook groups, a very common question is, like, what can't you eat after you have cancer or whatever, you know, people ask it all the time. Right. And then, of course, it's just like screaming into the void if you try to say, please don't ask a Facebook group, ask your doctor. <laughs> but <laughs> you get this like incredible assortment of completely bonkers advice from randos on the Internet. And so many people have breast cancer that like, obviously... It's just it's just the world at large, you know, so you get all of these crazy opinions. Mm-hmm. And th- this woman was like, don't eat meatball meat. meat. Meatball meat has hormones in it. And it was just like, what the fuck kind of meat? What meat are you, is meatball meat? It's not like <laughs> meatballs are a kind of meat. Like you can't just it just goes to show how uninformed people are. Because there's of course there's oh, like meatball meat. <laughs> And now Nathan won't stop singing meatball meat, meatball meat at me. And it's just like, I regret, (laughs) I regret everything. But yeah, people, you know, those threads are just full of like alkaline water. You have to make your body alkaline because cancer is acid. Like, you know what? Your fucking stomach is full of acid. You can't make your body alkaline because Mm -hmm. everything goes through your stomach, Brenda. Brenda, dude. Also, like controversial statement ahead soy is okay bitches like it is my nutritionist told me it seriously is look it up there have been studies it is good for hormone positive cancers it's actually not bad i swear yeah phytoestrogens are not estrogen it's not how and yeah Anyway, but people will give you all kinds of crazy advice in those threads, like celery, don't ever eat dairy. Um, 
And it's just, none of it is true. And then somebody will be like, well, my doctor told me not to eat dairy. And when you're like, here's a study that says dairy's fine, they'll be like, well, I'm lactose intolerant. So it's just like, that's yeah, why. Well, that's why. That's why you shouldn't yeah. eat dairy. But also, if you want to not eat dairy, fine. Yeah. Like, be vegan. Great. If you want to be a vegan, great. But don't like tell somebody else to be vegan because it's going to cure your cancer. Oh, they will. They oh, will. maybe not. <laughs> they will tell somebody else to be vegan, though. It's true. I've been Trust vegan. Me. I've done it. We all have. Come on. I was in college once, too. Come on. Um, yeah. But I mean, I've been a vegetarian since I was 10. And I don't eat processed food or fast food. You know, like I eat really healthy. I like I prefer to eat really healthy. I I like the taste of healthy food. Mm -hmm. I got fucking cancer, bitches. <laughs> um, I just bought so many vegetables and fruits to juice because I realized I hate to admit it when we were researching all these frauds. I was like. I do love juice, though, and I used to juice all the time. Juice is great, yeah. And I haven't juiced in, like, three years. I mean, I buy juice. I'm not I'm not a peasant. I buy it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to actually make it. And so I was just at the grocery store, and I bought so many vegetables. I put it on our Instagram stories, if you saw it today. Like, 10 pounds of carrots and, like, two bags of apples and celery and ginger and... All sorts of stuff. Yum. And then I took my juicer out. It was all dusty because I haven't used it in three years. <laughs> and I forgot that it was broken three years ago. Oh. And I broke it and I put it back in the cupboard. Why? Why? Yeah. So now I have so many carrots and I don't know what to do. A few years ago for Hanukkah or something, I got I actually got two juicers in one year. Whoa. So I have a spare that you can have. Shut up. I'm I'm totally serious. It's my really? gift to you. Uh huh. Are you serious? As long as you will recognize me as your cancer guru, <laughs> I will. Okay, thank you so much. You're so welcome. But can you get it to me before these carrots go bad? <laughs> there's literally ten pounds of them. Okay, just put them in your root cellar in some pine shavings. I have a root cellar. I have a a lovely root cellar in my basement. It's like this little door that you open, and it's all shelved and. Mm. It's like a little canning cellar, but I wanted to make it a wine cellar when I first bought this house. Yeah. And I wanted to call it Amy's Wine House. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? I was oh, going to make a little sign above yeah. it. It was Amy's Wine House, but I never did. And then she died. So that And then she died. And then I got sad. cancer, so I can't drink enough wine oh. to have a wine cellar anymore. Life comes at you fast. I mean, I can, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> if you guys have any any thoughts on this i want to hear them because you know there's room for all all kinds unless you're a crazy scammer in which case you can fuck right off but you know if there are any like accounts that you follow or people that you follow mm -hmm. that you think are doing the wellness thing right yeah i want to hear about them me too and if you have any weird experiences with like people telling you wacky shit mm -hmm. that i hope you didn't follow I want to hear about that, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like people have really strong opinions on both sides, like how we're talking about these like hacks. But some people think that even seeing a naturopath or going to acupuncture is like not real. Yeah. And I think it's funny because my naturopath, his job is like 
oh, you're like bilirubin levels were like a little bit low or high or whatever. Yeah. You should get some milk thistle because that has to do with your liver yeah. and milk thistle is good for your liver. Like, yeah, it's true. I don't know why it's true, but my oncologist doesn't have fucking time to deal with that shit. And my naturopath is literally on the first floor of the hospital. Like it's not some weird building on down the street. Yeah. Behind the circle K. You know? <laughs> no, no back alley naturopaths, please. So takeaways, Chris beat cancer. No, Chris's surgery beat cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly A. Turner. Is like, not rad. She's not rad. She also doesn't have a Wikipedia page, which makes me feel like there's some things suspicious afoot. Hmm. I don't know how you become an author with multiple books and you don't have a Wikipedia page. Maybe we should write one for her. Hmm. See how long it stays up. You know <laughs> what I mean? We should. <laughs> hmm. Well, fucking A. Man. Mm. I could use that gin and tonic now. <laughs> Real fired up. I always want to do the Marge Simpson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do we do we have any letters? Are we done ranting? I don't know. I could just... I'm never done ranting. I'm going to read a story. And by story, I mean letter. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Emily writes, hi, Steph and Amy. What a fabulous and informative podcast. Thank you, Emily. I love the deeply personal stories and updates. I love the laughs. I love it all. Consider me a forever friend of the pod. Steph, did you write this? (laughs) (laughs) For my story, (laughs) I had forgotten all about this until I started listening to the podcast and I thought it would get some laughs and head nods from those familiar. When I was a senior in high school, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Fun fact, I didn't know it was prostate cancer until I was about 25 because my very bashful, conservative parents didn't want to say the word prostate and then explain it to me when I was 17 and my sister was 13. Womp. (laughs) He had a few outpatient surgeries as there was some lymph node involvement, radiation, and then chemo. He was in and out of treatment my entire senior year. It was really, really brutal. And as a relatively healthy 47-year-old, shocking for our entire family. On to the fun part. When he graduated from chemo in the spring, he had to have his port removed. My mom was working and asked me to drive downtown to pick him up. I took the wrong exit getting there and was late, 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 so I rushed to get him. A nurse wheeled him to my car and got him settled, and as soon as he was heading back inside, my dad, my conservative, stoic, serious dad, leaned over and whisper-slurred, narrator, please read this as if you're a little drunk on some good GNTs. <laughs> so I asked them, what happens to the port? Can I say it? Called like pet. <laughs> you sound like a troll. <laughs> Have you met her dad? <laughs> Maybe he is a troll. Maybe he is. I don't mean I'm just saying, I don't know. Can I keep it? And they said no. <laughs> Looks around. Shh. Emily, shh. Look at this. He stole his chemo port. <laughs> they had removed it and put it in a little baggie and left it with him to see. And he pocketed it and wheeled out with it. 
To this day, I don't know if they actually cared since it probably still had some weird, gross body goop chemo stuff on it. But he thought it was so funny. He still has it. I offered to have it mounted like Iron Man's original <laughs> chest energy beam thingy, but he keeps it in a giant box with all of his pocket knives and watches. Oh. He has been cancer-free since 2008, and that's the story of my little drunk post-op dad stealing his chemo port. <laughs> Cheers, Emily. I love it. Oh, my God. I love the sentence about him keeping it with his pocket knife and watches. It's such a dad move. So good. Sometimes people get to keep their ports. That's what I don't understand. Like, sometimes they won't let you, and sometimes they will. I don't understand. And also, I don't know why anybody wants them, but it's like a thing. People get attached to their ports, and they want to keep yeah. them. Yeah. You freaking psychos. <laughs> I love That's it. That's amazing. I do. It really is. Um, oh, this really sweet gal named Alex wrote us and I wanted to read what she sent over. Um, she said, just stumbled across your podcast the other day and have already powered my way through all the episodes. Love you, babes, and what you're doing here. I was just diagnosed with stage 2B cervical cancer in February and you two kept me company through my final round of chemo today. Woo! Excited for more episodes as I navigate the rest of treatment life as a cancer person alex we love you, you rule we do congrats on finishing up chemo and thank you for listening you're so awesome that made us really happy when we got your message it so did. thanks for that and then i will read one more and we'll potty with some rats yes this is a letter from a stephanie but not our Stephanie. But oddly enough, she spells her name the same way. She spells it with an F. I know we're a small club, small but mighty. I feel an immediate kinship with any Stephanie with an F. I love the F. I just think it's a lovely way to spell the name. Thanks, ladies. This Stephanie says, I literally hate accepting help. Before diagnosis, I never let anyone do me any favors. After struggling for weeks, I finally told my two besties that I am at my limit and they immediately planned to come clean my house and make me dinner next week. Aww. Yeah. It takes every ounce of strength to accept and even tell the one to cook a specific dish when she asked. She makes the most amazing Salvadorian spaghetti. Mm. I have been super angry and in a lot of pain, but I had a problem with pain pills in my early 20s, so I've been terrified at the thought of taking anything stronger than a Tylenol. But I broke down and promised my husband to tell my oncologist that I'm ready. He knows how I feel about the pills, and he has left it up to me. Today, while I was chemo-constipated, stuck on the potty, my two-year-old grabbed an open corn can and took, like, her entire fingerprint off. Oh, oh. oh my God. A few panic-filled and anxiety-ridden hours in the ER later, and I was pushed over the edge, and I finally let out the truth. I have been masking as long as I can remember, and if cancer is doing anything positive, it's making me start being honest about my feelings to my loved ones, and most importantly, myself. Oh, Stephanie. Yeah. I identified with this so hard because, like, I can either take great care of my kids or I can take sort of 
find care of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot do both. Yeah. Yeah. Also, asking for help is hard and letting people do things for you is so hard. I completely identify with that. Yeah. Like, it's not easy to let people take care of you. It's not easy to rest and it's not easy to ask people to take care of you if they're not doing it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's hard. It's hard to feel like you're not super functional. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Let's hear some rats now. Eh? Let's do. It's rats. It's rats. It's rats. It's rats. It's What do you have for us today, Steph? Well, you had requested that I do some research into the new triple negative breast cancer vaccine. I did. And that was a quick turnaround. Hey, I'm here for you. Wow. I'm your resident Googler. So it's actually really cool. And this is very recent. Yeah. So just for people who don't know, triple negative breast cancer counts for 10 to 12 percent of all breast cancers. It's distinct for its aggressive quality and for who it targets. It targets people under 40. Black women have a higher incidence of triple negative breast cancer and also BRCA1 mutants, Mm -hmm. (laughs) people who carry the BRCA1 mutation. Mm -hmm. It has its triple negative breast cancer is cancer with no progesterone or estrogen receptors. And um, it only has a small amount of the human epidermal growth factor receptor. So that's the HER or HER2 that you hear when somebody says they're HER2 positive or negative or neutral. And so this vaccine has been cleared for clinical trials by the FDA. And Cleveland Clinic is in phase one of the trials. They're hoping to be finished with that first phase within two years, but they've experienced kind of a lot of setbacks. And so they said that's an optimistic guess, um, two years for the first phase being over with. And in the study that they did with mice, all of the mice who didn't receive the vaccine developed breast cancer. So that is a pretty stark difference. The mice who did receive the vaccine did not. Mm -hmm. And so that seems to have been the thing that really pushed it into clinical trials. Triple negative breast cancer cells are weird because they express alpha lactalbumin. It's a protein that regulates the production of lactose in the milk of almost all mammalian species. So in primates like us, uh, alpha lactalbumin expression is upregulated in response to the hormone prolactin, which is the stuff that makes us make milk for our babies. Um, And it increases the production of lactose. So in most cases, estrogen and progesterone would stop this from happening. Um, It would stop the alpha-lactalbumin expression. Um, And the vaccine takes advantage of this mistake in our bodies. So... um, The study participants have to not intend to breastfeed or have never breastfed because Mm. the vaccine messes with milk production. Mm. And um, 
basically, they said that it works by, quote, nipping tumor development in the bud by imbuing immune cells with the ability to recognize, attack, and kill cancer cells. It prevents them from ever reaching a size at which they could inflict lethal damage on the body. So like we talked about before, everybody has cancer cells in their body. This is just a vaccine to ensure that they don't proliferate. So cool. Yeah. So this doctor, Dr. Vincent Tui, has been working on this for years. I read a really cool study where um, he studied the alpha-lactalbumin vaccine, and he published on it in 2016. And this is kind of a long quote, so I apologize, but I thought it was all really, really relevant. He says, quote, we've proposed that safe and effective protection against the development of adult onset cancers may be achieved by vaccination against tissue-specific self-proteins that are retired from expression at immunogenic levels in normal tissues as we age. So that basically means, like, they're trying to give us a vaccine against proteins that naturally happen in our body at certain times in our lives. Mm. So like when you are manufacturing breast milk, you Mm -hmm. have this protein. Right. But when you're not manufacturing breast milk anymore, it gets retired. That protein is no longer useful. And um, so back to the quote, alpha-lactalbumin is an example of a retired self-protein because its expression in normal tissues is confined exclusively to the breast during late pregnancy and lactation, but is also expressed in the vast majority of human triple negative breast cancers. So basically, it's a vaccine against breast milk protein. Hmm. Because this triple negative breast cancer is expressed in the alpha-lactalbumin. So I'll put... The um, both of those studies, the 2016 study and the one that's more recent in the show notes. But what they needed to know from the 2016 study is if women who have breastfed are already so tolerant to the alpha lactalbumin that a vaccine wouldn't be effective. Like basically their bodies wouldn't recognize it as foreign and there would be no Mm -hmm. immune response Mm -hmm. or if it would evoke an immune response at all in adult women, whether they've breastfed or not. And so that seems to be what they're trying to figure out. It's worked in the mice. They're hoping that it works similarly in humans. Mm -hmm. And um, there are two kinds of vaccines. There are ones meant to prevent getting an illness or disease and ones meant to treat. This is a prevention one. So um, there are a couple of other breast cancer vaccines in the works uh, that are for treatment. But this one is specifically to avoid getting Mm -hmm. triple negative breast cancer in the first place. So how will they pick the people that get it? They won't just give it to all women, will they? Because it is such a rare cancer. I think that this first, the the number of participants that I read for this first phase of the clinical trials, it's at the Cleveland Clinic, and I read 250 participants. So obviously not all of them will be getting the vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll just see who develops breast cancer, who doesn't. Um, my- but is it all like? BRCA1 carriers? I They didn't specify that, but that's a good guess, you know, since we know that that, mm-hmm. that makes up a decent percentage of the people who end up getting TNBC. Yeah. So, wow. so it's 
it's pretty wild that they were able to figure out that it's this milk protein yeah that they can just kind of stop from being produced so crazy yeah i mean it's really i think it's really inventive and like such a creative way to think about cancer like looking at regular functions in our body and I mean, obviously, it's a bummer if you want to breastfeed, but <laughs> who wouldn't trade breastfeeding for not dying of cancer? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So pretty cool. I'm looking forward to hearing more about how that clinical trial phase one goes. Um, you know, hopefully the results will be promising. The other breast cancer vaccines that they're working on. They're try and use those for therapy yeah yeah they are they're there are ones that are for treatment right now um i can do some research into those too if anybody wants to know about them um i don't think that they're quite as far along in clinical Mm -hmm. trials but um it was interesting to me that these this this vaccine is for prevention you know which is kind of more of what we understand vaccines to be for right Mm -hmm. yeah so neat very neat i love it all right well thank you steph for that lovely rats yeah um so i mentioned in our instagram stories that we were thinking about doing a giveaway when we we hit 500 followers blaze through we're at 539. We did. I can't believe it. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so you guys totally came through for us, which is rad. But um, it's true. We're making good on our promise to do a giveaway. And um, we're going to post a picture of what we're giving away in our main feed on Instagram. And it's a cool tote bag and a Cancer for Breakfast water bottle and a mug. And um, just tag your friends that you think would enjoy mm-hmm. our podcast. Anybody you you think would like Cancer for Breakfast. Um, every tag is worth an entry. So tag as many people as you want. Yeah, you can tag as many people. And Steph did make such cute little merch pieces that you could see on that post um thank you they're really cute (laughs) so yeah i'm excited to give these away some cancer swag (laughs) that you can take with you (laughs) to treatment or you can give away to somebody that you think needs it whatever you could give it away to someone in your support group i want to make a um a comic i might actually ask my friend casey who does amazing comics to make one about it's like a girl in a support group or whatever and then like her partner's like why don't we just use some of the Grubhub gift certificates that all of your friends have given you for treatment and then she's like I gave it to my friends in the support group because we're all just like these women who are just like no you have it no no you should have it It's so true. But anyway, you could give the water bottle away. We won't be offended. It's so true. But it is really cute. You probably want it. So Yeah. So enter as many times as you want. Share with your friends. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget to rate us and subscribe. 
on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined to have early access as soon as the episodes mm-hmm. drop. Follow us on Instagram. We're at Cancer for Breakfast. And you can send us an email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com or just right there in our Instagram. Should we should we send it off the way Monty Don did the other day on Gardener's World? <laughs> oh my god. Well that's there's no more left of the program. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you watch that show. I love it so much. <laughs> Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.